I trust you're doing well. We give God praise for the gift of life and the opportunity to be at camp once more. And this year, your theme chosen, the wise youth, is very appropriate in our day and time. I can tell that for those who are coming for the first time, you may be experiencing some fatigue already. But bear with me, I am going to stay within the space of time, actually not exactly the time, less than the time. I'm doing an abridged version of what I should have done, given the constraints that confronts us as a reality. I want us to read something from Proverbs chapter 16, from verse 20 to 23. Proverbs 16, 20 to 23. And I read, He that handleth a matter wisely shall find food, shall find good, and whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent. The sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that had it. But the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. It's a very, very, very important text. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 25 to 28. The first one was Proverbs 16, 20 to 23. And I'm reading Proverbs chapter 17 from verse 25 to 28. A foolish son is a grief to his father, and bitterness to her that bore him. Also to punish the just is not good, nor to strike princes for equity. He that had knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shattered his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. I'm grateful to Uncle Bijou and the team for putting together this wonderful camp. I pray that you're going to make the most of your time here and don't let any minute slip you by. I came with one of my young men, Viera, and um, Viera expressed interest to come, so I came with him. Um, please welcome him. I have made available my personal mission statement and uh, the principles that govern my life, which I think I can share with you, especially whilst we are speaking about the subject of the wise youth. There are too many individuals who don't have any mission statement whatsoever, so they live by accident and as and when the days occur. But you must live your lives as young men and women intentionally. So if you can post on the screen... The mission statement. So, this is what I have said. Prayerfully consider this. Um, 
I am determined with God's help to live the rest of my life as a decent Christian, dependable husband, dutiful father, disciple-making churchman, dedicated local citizen, and deeply reflective thinker. So, in essence, this is why I exist. So I don't do anything by accident. So if you ask me, are you going to go to meet me there? I will say no because it doesn't fit in there. If you ask me for a poolside party, I will decline because it doesn't fit into the mission for which I exist. Uncle Bijou just rightly mentioned it, that God wants you to go and make disciples. You've got to factor that. So if you look at it in segment, first I talk about myself as an individual. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be one who loves God, lives for Christ, study God's word, filled with the spirit, and takes my Bible seriously, and the fellowship of the saints I don't take for granted. So I want to be a walking example of what it means to be a Christian. Then I also, because I'm married, I want to be a dependable husband, a husband that my wife can depend on. She can trust me. She can believe that I won't hurt her. I won't do anything to destroy our marriage. I'm also a father, and therefore I want my children, my daughters, to see I'm dutiful. In other words, I'm going to work hard. I'm not going to be a lazy dad. I want to make sure that I work, break my back literally to provide and to supply the needs of my family. Also, I'm a churchman, therefore that's why they call me an elder. I'm a churchman, and being an, a churchman, I have a duty to make disciples. My business on this earth as a Christian leader is to make disciples. Multiply after Christ who is in me after my kind. So like begot like. You must reproduce after your kind. There are a lot of people who want to look like Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Shatawale, Stoneboy, what have you. Very few want to be like Jesus. I want you to want to be like Jesus, look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, and let your friends feel the Jesus pulse. Are we together? How many of you are ready to be like Jesus? Yeah, we need, we need more Jesus freaks all over the place. Now for me to live this life, there are certain things that govern and guide my life. I call them principles. So in that regard, as I have the honor of engaging with humans, particularly the youth, I shall be guided and inspired by the following. So there are things that guide me and inspire me. The first one. The soldier's dedication to duty. Anytime I look at soldiers, the Bible says that Paul said to Timothy, you are to wage your warfare like a good soldier. And a good soldier, what it does is that it seeks to please the one who enlisted him in the army. And so I look at soldiers and their dedication to duty, and I like that become my principle that governs me. Secondly, the farmer's patience for produce. I'm not in a hurry to get results today. I want to go through the baking process. I want to go through the meal. I want to be processed. I don't want quick fix. I don't want fast food. I don't want to be a junkie Christian. I want to be a thoroughbred Christian. I want to go through the hard way, the difficult one. I won't take the easy route. And so if you give me broad way and a narrow way, I'll, I'll opt for the narrow way, even though it's discomforting. There are too many young people who want the easy way out. And they are in a hurry to nowhere, but to self-destruction. They are in the first lane of life. 
and very soon you will not find them. I always say that if you, if you drive on the fast lane of life, you live on a fast note. If you don't want to live on a fast note, then you've got to drive on a slow lane. Watch it. Be on guard. Anticipate. Look around. Notice the danger. Notice the portals because life has got portals. And some are craters that have been created. Number three, my life is also going to be governed and guided and inspired by the ants' prior planning. I'm very busy. I have many hearts that I wear, and therefore planning is one of the things I don't joke with. I plan my day. I plan my week. I plan my month. I plan quarterly. I plan half year, and I plan full year. As I speak to you now, I have four engagements for 2020 already. Some groups have booked some days in my calendar for 2020. Because they knew if they wait till 2020 to come, they're not going to get me. That's tough. And so before I leave, I'll share some principles with you that I hope as young people you can add to your life and it will make your life livable. Amen? The ant has prior planning because he knows that it has harvest time and it has lean season. It has the dry moments and it has the wet season. And therefore, it gathers what it has to gather during the dry season. Because when it starts raining, you don't often see ants. You see them when the rain has stopped. They start surfacing. Because they go underground and reproduce. And you see them come up. I pray that you have a proud planning for your life. Close your eyes with me for a minute. And let's do an exercise. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself as a young person 10 years from today. 10 years from today. What would you look like? Where would you be? What would you be doing 10 years from today? You are 15. That means if you add 10, 25. Where would you be? Picture yourself 10 years from today. If 10 years is too far from you, 5 years from today, where would you be? Draw it closer. Bring the image forward. You've seen 10 years of you, but what about 5 years from now? If you thought 5 years is too far, let's take it 2 years from now. We're in 2019 now. 2021, where would you be? Draw it further forward. A year by this time, where would you be? Some of you will be exiting the university. Some of you may be entering the university. Others will be accepting proposition to marry. Others will be making an attempt to start your new job. Before the end of the year, how would your life look like? Between now and the end of the year, we are in August. A few days from now, we'll be entering to September. Between September and 31st night, where would your life be? What would you be doing with your life? Please open your eyes. The power to perceive helps you to plan. Some young people have no perceptive reality. They can't perceive beyond right now. So everything is here, now, and right now. My prayer is that you should perceive beyond now. Hello, are you here? Tell your friend you are youth only once in your lifetime. 
Don't miss it. Look them in the face. Don't miss it. Make the most of it. Because once he goes, he ain't going to come back again. I like the way you say, ain't going to come back again. <laughs> okay, the fourth one. I have the athlete sacrifice for gold. You see, athletes, they wake up in the morning. Paul says, I beat myself into obedience. I tell my body, be in alignment. He wakes up strenuously. will be stretching his muscle. You see them doing their aerobics, the exercises. They run to the gym. They're on the treadmill. They're doing this. They're holding balls. They're doing all kinds of things. Why do they do that? It's sacrifice. Some young men and women don't want to sacrifice today. They want everything right now and here and there. Like a guy who went to God and prayed for patience and said, God, I want patience, but give it to me right now. How on earth can you go to God and say, God, give me patience. I see that I'm an impatient freak and therefore, God, I want you to give me the grace to be patient, but I can't wait. Give it to me right now. You are like the prodigal son. Daddy, I know I'm going to be here tomorrow, but today is here. Please give it to me right now. And the father willingly, reluctantly gave it to him. And the Bible says that he took that which was his portion and went and wasted it. Many of us young men and women are not willing to make the sacrifices that we are required to make. It is said that the heights that were attained by people who achieved success were not attained by mere flights. Why? Because mere flights go nowhere. It's like a walk in the park. But it is said that they, whilst others were asleep, were burning the midnight candle. I pray that you'll be burning the midnight candle. You'll be sought after because you are willing to sacrifice some sleep, sacrifice some convenience, sacrifice some friends, and sacrifice some joy and luxury. You've got to learn the hard road of sacrifice. Some young people don't know how to sacrifice anything. And that's why they cannot even defer their fantasies. A lot of the sexual sin that we see is simply because people's reluctance to sacrifice. They are not willing to sacrifice anything. Sacrifice for the good of the Lord. Sacrifice for the image of the Lord. Sacrifice for the testimony of Christ. They are not just willing and ready to do so. Let's look at the fifth one. The fifth thing that governs my life is the eagle's anticipation for results. You see, the eagle takes a paranormal view. He goes way up, soars up, and has a broad view. Broad view. He doesn't have a tunnel view. A tunnel view is just look through a tube, and all you can see is a straight. But the eagle goes above the circumstance and looks down and takes what the military call reconnaissance. It just goes like that. And glides in the sky because he can have a better view. I pray that you have a better view of life. Because the eagle looks for results. It looks to produce results. And pretty soon I'll share the story of an eagle with you. Number six. The spectator's pure passion. It governs my life. Anytime I look at spectators, Chelsea, Manchester, they are crazy freaks. Madrid or Barcelona. I remember when I went to Dortmund, <laughs> a few years ago, I went to the place where they usually hold their, that's when they had just won the German league. And when I got there, you should see them. Oh my God. 
The guys were booze drunk. Folks were drinking their head out. Because that's their passion. And it's so pure. They do it honestly. That they are honestly spectators. They are fan base. I see a guy. He has a Manchester iPad. Um, mouse pad. Manchester mouse. Manchester uh, pen drive. I mean... <laughs> It's alloy, the alloyed passion. And when I see that, it challenges my Christian life. Those were the days in Temaye, Hearts of Folk, or Asande Koroko, who come and play Dumas. Or Arnold Warriors, when Arnold Warriors took over, and we would go to the stadium. The match was supposed to be at 3 p.m. And I can tell you, as early as 5 a.m., people start queuing. They kill to buy the ticket because if you don't get it at that time, there's no guarantee of entrance. See how people go to the stadium. They want to watch their favorite player, so they sit in front. But when they come to church, they start sitting from the back. I mean, they just don't want to see Jesus. They don't just want to encounter the Lord. But it flows from here down. But when we go to the stadium, we want to be in front. We go to the theater, we want to sit in front because we don't want obstruction in our view. But when you come to church, you allow obstruction. So you start sitting from the back. And the ashes will tell you, go to the front, and they're still reluctant and hesitating, and they still do so, but they do so protesting. I am inspired by the spectator's pure passion. And they do it if the guy is for Oli, Oli machine. Oli Bobo, Oli Rosalinda. And you see them, you hear, and the way they say it, you know, has phobia, phobia, eh, phobia, the boys never say that. They say it, Asante Koto, Ukum, Apim, Apim, Baba, the way they go, Apim, Baba. I see that pure passion. I want that for Jesus. I want that same pure passion for life. It has to be so pure that it must come from you originally. The spectator's passion is not induced. The incentive is from inside them, and that's why they do so. And the last one may intrigue you. The loyal service of a dog. I've had many preachers preach about the dog, and they said the dog goes to his vomit. Yes, I know, the dog does this. But I've seen some dogs properly trained, and they don't go back to their vomit. Once they throw it out, it's yucky yucky for them. Because they've been properly trained. I sat in a train from Amsterdam to Frankfurt in Germany. And as I sat in the coach, that portion where I sat, I saw a lady who later I discovered was a blind lady led by a dog. And the dog led her from her seat right to the toilet. And the dog just squatted in front and she had a latch inside there. And as soon as she flashed, the dog rose up and took her back to her seat. And now my, my jaw just dropped. Wow. A dog. Last year, I studied the animals in the Bible for my devotions. Every animal mentioned, I started studying about them read about them, look at the virtues and the lessons I can learn from those animals. And one of the things I discovered is that the dogs are loyal. They have great loyalty. 
When you have a dog that is properly trained, anytime he sees an intruder, it takes God to protect its owner. When the owner says, sit, it sits. When the owner says, go, it goes. No way. They scream the dog's name and the dog responds. But if you're a stranger, they don't have loyalty to you. I pray that you develop loyalty for Jesus. That nothing will move or shake you. Because you're a wise youth. Say I'm into that. Go say I'm into that. Now the two scriptures we read talks about the contrast between one who is wise and one who is foolish. And in this room, I dare say, there's a likelihood we'll have both of them. But it shall not be you. Being the second, you shall be the first one. And the first one is called the wise youth. Say the wise youth. And he says that he that handleth a matter wisely find good. And whosoever trusted in the Lord, happy is that individual. And the sweetness of the lips increases learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that has it. But instruction of the fool is folly. You see, when a wise fellow gives you counsel, there's a difference between counsel and counseling. They are not the same. Counsel is what they call quantre. It's direction. It's instructional. But counseling is a guidance provided through a relational care that helps you to come to a certain conclusion or decision based on your own understanding of your circumstance, your capacity to respond to same, and then the implications of a choice you make. So in counseling, you own what you do. But when you go for counsel, you receive what the person has given you and you run with it. Whether you have what it takes or not, it's a counsel. How many of you are wise here? I'm going to give you four things that wise people show. As for the fool people, we'll leave them. Because I'm here to talk about being wise as a youth. Are we here together? Write W for wise. The W for wise is simply that works worthy. The wise person walks worthy. And in Ephesians 4, please put it there for us. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. Now you see, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are. The wise youth endeavors to walk worthy. They try to be a good example. That is why you can learn from the wise. You can look at the wise and get some example. And it's an example worth following. But when somebody is a fool, they cannot be walking worthy because they walk recklessly. Whereas the wise youth is walking worthy, the foolish youth is walking recklessly. They walk with reckless abandon. They don't pay attention to danger. Are you walking worthy? You must walk worthy of the name that you carry. The name of the Lord is upon you. And that name is a name that is matchless. The name of Christ is your trump card. And is the power that you have. And I pray that you walk worthy. 
To walk worthy simply is this, that you walk to pleasing God. You don't bring the name of the Lord to shame. The things you say, the places you go to, the company you keep. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and upon it he meditates day and night. And that fellow, he says, shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that brings forth its fruit in what? In season. I pray that you bring forth your fruit in season. We must bring forth fruit in season. Jesus spoke about it. The fruits we bear must be worthy of repentance. Some bear fruits that are not worthy of repentance. I don't have a lot of time, but otherwise I've gone into those areas for you to understand it well. It's important that if you're going to be a wise youth, don't miss the W in the wise. And that is walk worthy. Tell your friend, walk worthy. To walk worthy, you are like Enoch who walked with the Lord. How many of you are walking and the Lord is in your company? Somebody has a song, who wrote that beautiful song, Who is on the Lord's Side? And when you move to the left, it should be in the name of Jesus, to the right in the name of the Lord. You don't just sing, move to the right in the name of Jesus, move to the left in the name of the Lord. No. In fact, your movement is orchestrated by God. Because the steps of the righteous, they are ordered. Order means they are brought into alignment by the Lord. So, you cannot say you are a wise youth and your work is not ordered by God. You are doing pak pak pa. No, no, no. no. Wise youth do not do pak pak pa. <laughs> because their steps are ordered by the Lord. And the Lord trains their hands and their fingers. Their hands for war and their fingers for battle. Because they are a battle axe in the hands of the Lord. Are you worthy youth? Rise up and shout, I am a worthy youth. That's the W in the wise. Let's move to the I in the wise. You see, every one of you here as a wise youth has to become inspired for industry. When mama was praying for you, one of the things on my heart was, I pray that these young people will carry this into industry. You've got to be inspired for industry. And the writer of Ecclesiastes says, and I quote in Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10, he says that whatsoever thing your hand finds to do, do it! Do it! Look at what he says. 9-10, you are on one ten. He says, what thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Each one of us, every day we are approaching our grave. Every day you wake up, you are drawing close to the grave. Yeah, that's the truth. Unless Jesus comes to rapture you. Otherwise, the grave is where you are going. My personal principle, which I like so much, is a philosophy that undergirds the thing I do, is that life is a journey between two points of nakedness. 
You enter naked, you exit naked. So you travel light with Jesus, otherwise you will not finish. You know, there are so many young people, they are accruing and, and gathering and holding. But to run the race with Jesus, you must run light. That's why it says, lay aside. To be able to run, you must lay aside. That is why the runners, they run with very thin, tight outfit. Because any loose outfit, the wind will go against you. So you are, sometimes I see guys on motorbikes and they are scooting, and you see the shed, it becomes like a balloon inflated behind them. And you can see it's just pulling them behind. And some of us, we are running, but we are too heavy. You are too heavy. You are holding too many things. You are carrying too many things. And you've got to let loose, let loose, drop some of those things. Lay aside every sin. Every sin. Some of us have entanglement on our legs. Because of that, you can't even run. Some of you have weight on your wings so you can't fly. When people are soaring into the spirit, you are still... <laughs> One guy who went to hold the certain girl's breast and now he's praying. And Kibijo, you won't believe it. There's young... You know, some of the girls who have come, they are very dangerous. I call them vacuum cleaners. They sweep and gather everything they see. They have what we call voluptuous appetite. And so they show what we call salacious lifestyle. <laughs> they are so salacious that Chalewa, you see, they go like appetite womb. <laughs> and that appetite is a dangerous one because they have voluptuous appetite. They have deep throat. They are like the ocean. Enough water will not satisfy them. So they come like vacuum cleaners. They, they sweep and, and gulp everything they see. So you are an anointed brother. They get close to you. Now, this brother used to pray. Now he goes to hold this sister's breath. Now he can't go. Now, now he can't go. Baba. Now he goes. And there are some brothers here like that. Some vacuum cleaner has swept away your anointing. Has taken the grace that is upon your life. Now you stand there and you are in an empty shell. I pray that you stand up and allow the Spirit of God to inspire you. Inspire you to work hard as young people. Don't be afraid of hard work. We Christians ought not be lazy. We are inspired to work. He said, whatever your hand finds to do, is it sweeping? Is it sobolo? Is it shop attendant? Is it a teacher? Look, you've got to do it with so much joy that when you live there, you leave your footprint. It's called legacy. I am determined that everywhere I go, I will leave footprints. And everybody that I touch, I will leave my fingerprints. Once you get close to me, some fingerprints of Amos will affect you. Because if the people of the world can stand and just do this and the youth will do mm -mm, then me too, when I come here, I should leave footprints. When I encounter you, I should leave my fingerprints. It is called a legacy. And that fingerprint and the footprint I leave is Christ. Because I live in him, I move in him, and I exist in him. He is at work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. 
is why the Spirit of God inspires me. And the Word of God inspires me. And it gives me energy. It gives me power to propel like a propeller. Tell your neighbor. My neighbor. Tell him. Tell him or her. Again. Neighbor. Be inspired for industry. When you put it on screen, Proverbs chapter 6, look at what it says. Proverbs 6 from verse 6 to 11. This is God speaking. Hmm. The Lord is in control. He says, go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her way and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer or ruler. Let's move on. We're moving. Provided her meat in the summer and gathered her food in the harvest. How long would thou sleep, O sluggard? When would thou arise out of thy sleep? Mm. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth. Thy want as an armed man. That one there is a bandit or an armed robber. Now listen, as a wise youth, if you choose to be lazy, laziness will rob you of what you should have. Don't be lazy. I like something Thomas Edison said, the guy who is reputed to have invented the light bulb. He had done it over 900 times and somebody goes to him and says, Thomas, why don't you stop what you're doing? And he goes like, if I haven't done anything at all, I've learned about 900 ways not to get a light bulb. Then he made a profound statement which I like. He says, opportunity come to many and they miss it because it is dressing overall and it looks like hard work. So they avoid it. I tell you, young boys and young girls are camp. Omega generation, opportunities abound. Let God open your eyes. I said, let God open your eyes. Don't just sing, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, with a lot of sentiments and emotions. No, no, no. You should go beyond that. Let God properly open your eyes. Because when God opens your eyes, you see there are a lot of opportunities in this land here. I said there are a lot of opportunities. Others abandoned some land. The people of Israel entered that land. And in that same year, the Lord showed forth. I pray that God will show forth. You are not too young to start a business. I have a video of an 11-year-old girl who has a business. She started with $20. Today she's a millionaire. A young girl, she does homemade scented candles. Some of you, you sit on Facebook six hours. Six hours. And for six hours, all you are doing is, hello, baby. Hi, cutie. I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. You are just going like, like, like for six hours. Somebody works for six hours and they are earning like 14,000 Ghana cities. Be wise. Wise up. Some of you at your age, you're on uh, 17 different WhatsApp groups. What are you doing there? You wake up and there are 100 from this one, 200 from that one, 70 from that one, 50 from that one, and 80 from this one. You have to go through each one of them to answer. Is that your calling? Tell your neighbor, inspired for industry. <laughs> the S 
in wise, sexually sensible. There are too many young men and women who are not sexually sensible. Proverbs 14, verse 15 and 16. Look at what it says. It's very, very important as young men and women, you become sexually sensible. It says, the simple believes every word, but the prudent man looks well to his going. I'll break it down. <laughs> the next verse. A wise man feareth and departed from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. Look at it. He said, the wise man sees danger and he runs for cover. But danger is coming. Let me secure myself. Let me take guard. Reverend Isu calls it the ambushment. You see ambushment around you and you have to run for cover. You've got to be wise. Some young people, they see danger and they come like a bull. Slaughter me now, baby. <laughs> they love to be slaughtered because feelings need a deep. And ladies, be careful. Some guys too, they are sick. The sickness in their head, I call it Pampana syndrome. And those were the days we used to do Pampana. Bushia! Bushia! And those days, your parents would buy a toy gun. Now we are discouraging parents from doing that. Because oftentimes, you give a toy gun to your son, and the first thing, Mama, hands up. <laughs> If you don't have the gun, you go to the carpenter's bench and you cut the wood into the shape of a gun. You put it on your side. Side pistol. There you go. But if you don't have one and two, what do you do? You held two fingers like this and go like, bo, bo, bushia, 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 bushia. You become a maxman. Bushia. So you see somebody with a gun properly so given to them by their parents and the guy walking with these two fingers like this in his pocket. And he says, bushia, bushia. Call to a army, call to a army. They shoot you and take your gun from you. But you see, there are some guys. Offering time, he stands akimbo. Fair colored lady goes, Bushia. Chocolate color sister. The way you are dancing, you all go like, oh, Bushia. Agbena, Agbena, Agbena. Then he sees an activated Chaco sister. Go like, hey, Bushia. <laughs> and some of the guys, they have double guns. So you go like, Bushia. <laughs> hey, more than cowboy. <laughs> so you ladies too, you have to watch it. Just as there are vacuum cleaners there, there are Pampana syndrome boys. When they see a girl, all they see is, when I see a girl, I got a game. A girl is not a game. She's dignified in the name of Jesus. She's a glorious entity that is walking. She's a walking, talking, living, glorious temple for the Lord. Hallelujah. And you see, the boys who suffer from Panas syndrome, what they do is they turn the girl's body into an amusement park. They come to you to have fun. And girls, listen, boys know which girls to have fun with. And don't know which girls to settle with. And don't kid yourself into thinking, oh, when I allow him, I will keep him. You are joking. I don't want to go into that too much. Lastly, <laughs> no. 
You see, some sisters are falling for brothers. And they are doing a hunch, a hunch, a hunch, a hunch, a hunch, a hunch. Some sisters cannot study anymore because of some boy B. You are looking at the book and you are seeing alphabet 10 upside down. It's no more talking to me. When I call, he cuts my call. When I call, he cuts my call. He will cut your call. Start calling upon the name of the Lord. And the Lord will hear you. And he will answer and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Because the heart of a king is in the hands of the Most High God. Some young boys are in the church and they like grinding. You see them, they grind. Even, even the way they dance, you can see they are grinding. And if you're a sister and you see them, run for cover. Sing that song. I'm gonna hide another cross. I'm gonna hide another cross. I'm gonna hide another cross. And the devil can't do me no harm. No harm. No harm. No harm. Hey. No harm. No harm. I pray that you sisters to you should be wise. Because see, guys to you shouldn't forget there are some girls whose heart is a trap. Their hands are chains. When they throw their hand around you. <laughs> Have you seen the puppetry? When they are doing the puppetry, Koliko, they, 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 they manipulate and control you. You try to talk, stop that. Then you can't say anything. Say you, you are, who told you are holy? Because the things he knows about you, more than you can carry. May God help us. Finally, in Daniel 11 and verse 32, listen to what Daniel says. He says that the people who know their God, they shall work stronger and they shall do exploit. The excellent youth, one of the things I've seen about youth who are excellent and wise at the same time, they are excellent. The excellent youth in the Lord is wise and the wise youth in the Lord is excellent. And they do exploits. So the E in the wise is exceptionally empowered. Listen, my friends. You live in a generation where if you are not exceptionally empowered, you cannot do anything for God. Those who are exceptionally empowered are the ones who do exploits. Some people are empowered and because they are empowered, they behave anyway, anyhow, talk anyhow, carry themselves anyhow. But I pray that you as a wise youth will know that you are exceptionally empowered. You are not empowered by alcohol. Because alcohol is not what gives you power. Burukutu is not what gives you. Smenov cannot give you power. Because you get drunk in the Holy Ghost. And when you are drunk and tipsy in the Holy Ghost, you walk, but it is not you. The Holy Ghost is in charge. I pray that you shall be exceptionally empowered. Many times I go to share my testimony and some of the young people ask me, how did you manage to stay as a virgin? And I say, well, I was empowered by the Lord. 
You two walk in that grace. I want to end with a story of an eagle. And I'm giving them the picture of it. Just put the slide that has the eagle's picture. And let me close with that story. I'm pointing to a few things before I take leave of you. Can you get it on full screen, please? This is an eagle. It's called the Great Bald Eagle. It's very common in the Americas. But there's a story about this eagle that I want you to listen. Please go to the next slide. A great bald eagle sat in the tranquil dignity on his lookout high above the valley basin. The last waves of vapor and vanished, drunk up by the rising sun. The sharp eye of the eagle had clear command of every district in his realm. Soon, he launched majestically from his perch and sailed down over the jagged pine tree and gleaming lakes to his favorite fishing spot. See the eagle spans majestically. You are here. You are a wise youth. Majestically, you are spanning. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Right. But be careful. Go to the next one. When the eagle arrived, he noticed the slight change. A large rock had been placed near the shore since it was something new. It was to be suspect of danger. He flew over it without stopping and alighted on top of a dead tree nearby. After a piercing scrutiny, looking around, he was convinced that the rock was a provision from his convenience. Convenience has come. Go to the next slide. There the eagle sat. Has seen that things have changed, but didn't notice the danger. The wise man sees danger and runs for life. But the fool sees danger and they play around it. Go to the next. The fish is there. Unusual. Usually the eagle will pick the fish right in the waters. But this time it had been positioned there for convenience. Go to the next. He sailed down. You've gone too high. He sat down and perched upon it. Then he saw a large fish lying on the grass. He considered again if the fish had been near the water's edge, he would have understood. But on the grass, that was an uncommon situation for a fish to get itself into. The wise seagull now peeped suspiciously into the neighboring bushes. He scanned every grassy area and cast a sweeping survey. It just went like shh, shh, shh. And everything was as it should be. Hmm. Things are normal. So he hopped down and clutched the fish in his sharp claws and was about to fly away when he caught sight of another fish. From one to another. And yet another. 
plainly the wilderness was caring for his needs in the most unexpected and lavish way. Follow me. But across the lake, the sharp eyes of a cunning trapper steadied every move which the eagle made. This trapper had been offered a large sum of money to capture an eagle alive. He was crafty and experienced trapper. And he knew that this wise monarch of the sky would not be ensnared by an ordinary means. That is the trapper. He knew his game. He knew his tactics and has been incentivized, giving inducement to catch an eagle alive. Move on. Go. On the following day, the great eagle returned. He found that the supply of the fish had miraculously been renewed. This provision would lighten his labor and give him more time to sit upon his wide-swept perch and to view his domain. At every visit to his fishing spot, he perched on the rock and devoured at least one fish before carrying a meal to his nest. His surprise and curiosity as to the source of the supply had died out on the second day. Wild creatures quickly come to accept an obvious benefit, however extraordinary. As one of those provisions which unseen powers bestow without explanation. Hmm. By the time that eagle had come to his frame of mind, the silent trapper was ready for his next move. He made a large, strong hoop net, and on a moonlight night, carefully dug the long handle into the ground. At the water's edge, he put it on an angle so that the hoop was almost level about four feet from the rock. Having accomplished this, the clever trapper scattered fish upon the ground. Then he disappeared into the blackest forest. On the following morning, the mighty eagle sat on his lookout. Oh, <laughs> His intense gaze swept the vast shadowing basin. For fully half an hour, he watched a regal stillness. Then he lifted off his perch and flew leisurely, no more majestic, now leisurely, to his fishing spot. And he drew near and he was puzzled and annoyed by the odd structure that had been erected above the rock during the night. He once checked his flight. And I he drew near and was puzzled and annoyed by the old structure that had been erected above the rock during the night. He at once checked his flight and began soaring in great circles. Higher and higher he flew, trying in vain to make out what that strange-looking object was. He could see, however, that the fish were there as usual. At length, he satisfied himself that no hidden peril lurked in the nearby bushes. He descended to the nearest treetop and sat a good half hour 
emotionless scrutiny. That's the fish in the hands. Go to the next. He little guessed that a solitary figure, equally motionless and far more patient, was watching his every move from a ticket across the lake. At the end of his long watch, the eagle decided a closer investigation was desirable. He flew down to the sandy shore, well away from the net. Go down. He found a fish, which he devoured, then found another. This he carried away to his nest. He had solved the mystery of the strange structure, overhanging his rock, but had not he had proved that it was not actually dangerous. When the eagle returned an hour later, the net looked less strange to him. He even perched on the sloping handle. The structure seemed quite harmless. He hopped down and looked with keen interest at the fish lying under the loop beside the rock. And he reached out with the beak and claw, clutched one fish, and quickly hopped back. The eagle repeated this cautious procedure at every visit throughout the day. But when the eagle came on the next day, the eagle had grown once more utterly confident. Hmm. He went under the net without haste and apprehension and perched unconcernedly on the stone in the midst of his banquet. Look at it. Banquet. The next morning, about an hour before dawn, a ghostly birch canoe slipped up to the shore about 100 yards from the nest. The trapper stepped out, lifted the canoe from the water, and hid it in the bushes. Go. Then he proceeded to make some important changes in the arrangement of the net. First, he tried a strong cord to the rim of the hood. And he ran the cord down to the ground under the shallow root. And into a nearby ticket, he pulled a cord. And the net bent down until covered the rock. The man knows what he was doing. When he released the cord, the net rebounded to its former position after satisfying himself that all was in readiness. He baited his trap with the usual fish and then crept under the ticket. There he waited in perfect stillness through the chill hours of the breaking day. At last there came the sound of the mighty wings in the still sky air. Above him, the trapper watched as the eagle landed on the sand next to the rock. This time, there was no hesitation. The great bird, of all his wisdom, had been lured into accepting the structure as part of an established order. He hopped right under the net, clutched a large fish, and perched on the stone to enjoy his meal. At the moment, the eagle sensed shadow of a movement in the ticket. His muscles tightened. For that instantaneous spring into safety of the air. But he could not move. 
The large net came down about him with a terrible swish. <sighs> An intense struggle ensued between the bird and the net, beating wings, tearing beak, clutching along. But soon the mighty eagle was helplessly entangled in the meshes of an unyielding trap. An eagle had been trapped by a wise trapper. My dear friends, you may be a wise youth, but there's another wise fellow out there. He's been here longer than you. He knows the terrain better than you. Your greatest security is in staying true to Jesus. Whenever you see something unusual, provided for your convenience, say, God, guide me. God, help me. Make me wise. Not to become a victim, but to walk in your wisdom. This slide should be shared with you. For all of you to go, because I have provided some things of caution, maybe for your recording's sake. Now go to the last, and I've mentioned a few things under. Go down. These are the things relating to the story. First, hidden dangers have visible evidences. As you go out as wise young people, the dangers there that telltale signs that shows. Number two, most dangerous enemies are unseen. Number three, deadly traps would always appeal to your basic need. What would be your need? Your need for friends, your need for popularity, your need for cash, your need for this. That's where it's going to go. Number four, instinctive caution. One of hidden dangers. It's called intuition. But we know it's the lead of the spirit. The promptings of the spirit. Number five, free provisions have hidden cost. You get it for free, there's an inbuilt cost. Number six, life is built on cause and effect. That's the consequences of an outcome of a choice. Number seven, there are inbuilt dangers to life of ease. If you want it in the easy way, there are dangers. Number eight, deadly traps look harmless until they are sprung. They look very harmless. Once they are sprung, traps close too swiftly for escape. And finally, traps result in captivity or death unless the victim is set free. I pray, if there is any one of you who is in a net of a wise trapper, who has been paid to destroy God's children. By the end of this camp, you shall be set free. And you have received sufficient administration. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes wherever you are. Put your hand on your head and pray for yourself. Pray that God make me wise. Let me learn lessons from this great bald eagle. Who though wise, majestic, strong, elegant, domineering in the space, became a casualty of indiscretion, unguarded walk. Let God guide you. Be wise as a youth. Walk worthy. Be inspired for industry. Stay sexually sensible. And above all, be exceptionally empowered in Christ Jesus. Amen.